All right, lucky for him, he continues to travel the world. And lucky for you listeners, Mrs. Know-It-All, Denise Shriver is standing by. So give all of those gardening questions a thought or two and then go and uh, start dialing 866-391-1020 because she will take your calls until 8 o'clock today. But if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you'll win our first of two great gift certificates to give away today. The first from Sorgles in Wexford. So, Denise, a little rain and hopefully a little sunshine should make a great combination as we move into another week of spring planting and gardening. How are you? Good morning. Uh, Good. You know what? It's a little too early to start planting. I've had people asking me about, can I plant my tomatoes or can I start hardening off my plants? Well, if you leave them out, they're probably going to drown this week. You know, we're supposed to have a lot of rain. I emptied my rain barrel and it's almost completely full again. So I'm just like, you know, just hold on. I walked through my yard last night. before it got dark and I was looking, oh, we're going to be doing so much weeding. I just like, you know, and people go, oh, it shouldn't be too bad. Yeah, those little tiny dots of green are just going to go nuts in the next week. As soon as the sun hits them, you know, and we're having all this water, they're just going to explode. So be prepared. Listen, I know you're all organic, so what do you do to get rid of those weeds organically? So a lot of them, because they're so tiny, uh, and I mean, I'm pretty, you know, I'm out there as much as I can looking for them. I have a long-handled cobra head weeder, and, you know, usually you can't find them in stores. You do have to order them online. And because I have a terrible back, I go in and I just kind of use it as a hoe. If you have uh, a hoe that you can go in without damaging any plants, and you just do it very lightly, you don't chop into the soil, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, and then there's the ones like dandelions, thistle, some of the ones that have a deeper root, you know, you've got to go in and dig them out. Bittercress, my bitter enemy, that Doug says, oh, yeah, it's good to eat. Well, trust me, Doug would weigh a 1,000 pounds if he came to my house and ate all the bittercress. I, at least every other day, I go out with a grocery bag, and I don't know what I'm going to do when they get rid of them because I've got to do something with them. And I go out, and I either pull or dig the bittercress. I can spot them when they're maybe a quarter of an inch, and I start pulling them up because the next day they're probably going to bloom and shoot those seeds everywhere. So it's pretty much that what you can do. Now, if you can go to some of the garden centers, uh, you can buy horticultural vinegar. You do not want the Heinz 57. It's great on a salad, but that it doesn't really take care of weeds. But the, uh, that uh, vinegar... Make sure you have some eye protection on, and you can spray that on your weeds. You don't want to spray it on your plants. You want to cover them if you're going to be spraying around your good plants. You know, there's also a product called Burnout. You can use that uh, to get, you know, spray and get rid of them. So those are two things you can. Now, there's um, corn gluten, which works as a pre-emergent. So pre-emergent means it's going to keep seeds from germinating. So it will help control seeds that are germinating. 
but it won't work if you're putting grass seed down. Well, it'll work. It'll keep the grass seed from germinating too. So it's kind of a fine line you have to walk between. You know, do I want to put grass seed down or do I want to put this down? You can also use corn gluten in your flower beds. Again, as long as you're not putting flower seeds in there or your vegetable seeds. All right, so here's the question. You say a little too early to plant, even though we had some really extremely warm weather and have a little moisture. So peas are in on St. Patrick's Day, but the go time is May 15th. So two weeks from Tuesday, we can get going. So as we go to break here, just give us some things that maybe people may want to call and get some of your expertise on this Sunday morning. And then by the time we get ready to start planting, we'll be ready. Go ahead, Ms. Snow. Okay, well, actually, you can go plant your onion sets you know, they're they're pretty cold to- tolerant, so you can get away doing them. But, you know, in the towards the end of this week, from what I've seen in the weather forecast, you can take some of your plants out. And I'm going to say probably Friday, next Friday to do this. Start taking them in and out, you know, for an hour or two every day. Put them where they're going to get some bright indirect light so they don't get burned from the sunlight. So you can do that. You know, you can get your tools out. You can, you know, start planning where you're going to do. It's great if you can rotate your garden. Not everybody can, and I do understand that. You know, you want to get them out. You can go to the garden centers if you're not growing your own and see what you want. Always try something new every year. It might work. It might not. Buy one plant that you said, oh, this looks different. Let me try it. If you're not sure how to grow it, ask the people at Sorgles or Janoski's, you know, one of our other, you know, uh, helpful people that support our show, and get their information for it. But don't dig your soil if it's too wet. And the easiest way to do that is just stick your trowel in and dig up a clump. Take it, put it in your hand, give it a squeeze. If it holds together, it's still too wet. You know, it should crumble in your hand. I have one bed that drains really well. I could plant in it now if it wasn't so cold. My vegetable bed is still a little too wet to go in there and start digging. So, you know, I realize, you know, we were tempted by April and May's like, "Mm, no, not yet. You know, I'm going to hold you hostage. So, you know, just do those things. And, you know, by Mother's Day, you can start planting. We still may have a frost. I remember a frost on Memorial Day. But at that point, your plants should be growing and it'll be easier to protect them. And then we can get into June. All right, so let's get ready to take your calls now. And if you're a first-time gardener, hey, you got some of those uh, starting questions, and we want to give you some tips and tricks and ideas that you'll be able to have some success in that very first year. Call us. But all of your garden questions are welcome right now. Mrs. Noel, Denise Shriver in for the vacationing. Doug, who will be back with us next week. But if you want to join us, now would be a great time to call, 866-391-1020. Don't miss Dead & Company on their summer 2023, the final tour coming to the Pavilion at Star Lake in Burgettstown. On Monday, June 5th, 2023, your chance to win a pair of tickets to the show. All you have to do is log in, search, and listen to KDK on the free Odyssey app or stream us online. For every hour you're logged in and listening, you will get one entry into the contest. Only have a few minutes to spare? No worries. Every minute you listen will add up until you hit the hour mark. The more you listen, the more chances you have to win. 
Get all the details, kdkradio.com, by clicking the contest tab at the top of the page. Pro tip, make sure you are signed into your account to get entered. Again, gardening questions right now, wide open talk until 8 o'clock with Mrs. Know-It-All. Denise Schreiber in for Doug Oster on the Organic Gardener, 866-391-1020. Doug Oster remains on vacation. Denise Schreiber, Mrs. Know-It-All here, taking all of your gardening questions. We've got a lot of lines available, so call us, 866-391-1020. First stop is Cranberry. Here's George on KDK. Good morning, George. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. What's your question? I, it's a really dumb question. I have a small patch of garden for vegetables in the backyard, maybe four by eight, five by ten, something like that. And I'm trying to understand what the proper spacing is for tomato plants. Every time I plant them, they seem small, but then when they fill in, it gets really, really crowded. So that's that's my question. What should the spacing be when you have a small yeah. spot? No dumb questions. You know, it's dumb if you don't ask the questions. So ideally, it should be three feet. So think of a yardstick. And that way, it gives them enough air circulation. They get enough sunlight on the lower branches. And it depends on the tomatoes you're growing, too. So are you growing them from seed? No, no, I get plants. Okay, you get the plants. And that's acceptable, too. So... It'll say on the tag that you're buying, whether it's early girl or big boy or whatever, how tall they get and if they're determinant or indeterminate. So for anybody who doesn't know what that means, determinant means your fruit on the tomato is going to all pretty much come in all at once. So if you're making sauce out of them, that's, you know, you'll, You'll know that you're going to have them all at the same time. Indeterminate means the plant's going to keep on growing, and you will get tomatoes during the season. Now, usually an indeterminate tomato, it starts producing a little bit later than a determinate tomato. But if you want them for eating, an indeterminate will give you tomatoes all season long. See? No no dumb question. Yeah, so, so three foot apart. Three foot apart is really good. If you can't, okay. try to keep it as close as you can, especially with you having the smaller space. You know, that would, you know, give you enough, you know, growing area for them. Yes, I yeah, so I, that was my problem. They were too close. But thank you very much. That's great advice. No, have a great day. All right. Thank you, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 866 Tomato, a good plant to begin if you're a starter in this amazing uh, hobby that is gardening, Mrs. Know-It-All? Oh, tomatoes are, you know, some of the root crops like radishes. You know, radishes are kind of like you, you can even buy like the seed tape and plant them. And amazingly, you know, a week later, you'll start seeing the little green popping up in the garden and everything. And just, you know, periodically go in as they're growing and pull them out, you know, to give them some growing space. And they really like cool weather. So that's one that you could plant probably at the end of this week if your soil's ready, you know, and it's not too wet. You know, so root crops are really good. I do t- potatoes, and people think I'm a little nuts. So a lot of them grow um, in the bags. And they're great. I don't have a place to put the bag without the dog getting into it. So mine are actually in the garden. And what I use 
are five-gallon buckets that are clean. You can buy food-grade buckets or you can go to, like, one of the fast food places and see if they'll, you know, give you or sell you their buckets that they're done with. Usually they have, like, pickles in them. And I cut off the bottom and I put it in the garden and I kind of give it a good wiggle to make sure it's seeded in the garden. Add some soil. I add my potatoes. You buy uh, seed potatoes at the garden centers. Cut them in half or quarters, depending on how big the potato is. And, you know, the eye, sometimes you put a potato somewhere and you're like, come back, and it's like got all this stuff growing out of it. Those are the eyes. So you can cut them, let them dry for a day or two, and then I put them in the buckets, and I have like four buckets. And so I just, you know, put three or four pieces in each one, cover them up with soil. And as they grow, I keep adding soil. And potatoes are ready to be harvested once the foliage dies back. But in the meantime, you want to keep them watered. But, you know, you really don't have to worry about spraying anything or, you know, worrying about somebody eating them because the foliage is poisonous because it's a relative of the tomato, actually. And, you know, then all I do at the end of the season is actually pull the bucket straight up and all the potatoes just kind of fall to the side. And then I just let them dry in a shady spot for a couple of days. And there's nothing like a potato out of the garden, I can tell you. It's like one of my favorite foods. A little butter, sour cream, bacon, onions. <laughs> All good. All right, here we go. Back to the phones from Mrs. Know-It-All. In for the vacationing, Doug Oster. Let's say hi to Jerry in Ford City. Hey, Jerry, welcome to the Organic Garden. You're on the air with Denise Shriver. Go ahead. Good morning. Hi, I believe that's Joe. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I've been reading a book, uh, Square Foot Gardening. Are you familiar with it? Yes, actually, a friend of mine was the editor of it, Kim Roman. Oh, very good. Well, he suggests making uh, containers out two by sixes, you know, regular pine, and he leaves them untreated. Though I was wondering, is there anything I could put on them, like maybe linseed oil or something, to uh, preserve the wood from getting rotten too too quickly? I. I wouldn't recommend it. I'm not sure what would leach out of linseed oil. You know, so using, you know, the straight pine would be good. You know, there's something else if you can find leftover pieces as some of like the um Trex, you know, uh wood. like plastic. Yeah. Mhm. And maybe like you know, that would be like leaching that. anything out. Right. All right, that was my question. Thank you. Right. Have a good one. Thank you. Let's get one more. Marianne in Midland, Pennsylvania for Mrs. Know-It-All, the organic gardener, KDKA. Go ahead, uh, Hello. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, it's wet here. Well, Mrs. Know-It-All, I, my garden, not, not my garden, of course. I have the early things and my lettuce and whatnot. My tomato seeds are all started. My kohlrabi, I'm ready to rock. But, uh, kohlrabi, I call it the alien vegetable. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, well, that's a good, yeah, I'm an alien freak. Anyway, <laughs> that aside, uh, I have an area. This isn't gardening. Well, this this is uh, not vegetables. I have an area in front of my deck. I need a ground cover. Prior to now, there was a, the, the people that had the house, they had a low-growing evergreen and I had to eventually dig it out because it was old. The rabbits were were nesting in there and whatnot. I would probably like to get something like that back. Now, mind you, 
I am in the country, in the woods, so I am polluted with deer. Of course, it doesn't help that I feed them. But anyway, um, a ground cover <laughs> right in front of the deck, something that'll hold it up. Uh, okay, so ground cover. Let's get to the answer. We only have about a minute. Go ahead, uh, Mrs. Nodal. I would actually recommend getting a low-growing juniper, like uh, juniper procumbens nana, which means it's small and low. It will spread. The deer won't eat it. You know, How tall they does that grow? Much avoid them. It doesn't get tall at all. It stays okay. very low to the ground. Does it spread? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So, so, in other words, I would get some and pot them. Wonder how far apart. Um, how long is your deck? Or uh, my area is about fifty-five foot long. Whoa, that's a deck. Um, yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. So I would recommend getting probably twenty-five of them and planting them about three feet apart because they will grow, you know, and spread. So, you know, you just need to remember to keep them watered and they will cover the space. All right. Thank you for the call, Marianne, in Midland, Pennsylvania. We have got a wide open phone bank. So if you have a question for Mrs. Noadal, who's pinch hitting for Doug today, now would be a great time for you to call 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. Next hour, Cinco de Mayo coming up on Friday. So we're talking great Mexican cuisine. Of course, Frank Dentisi and I, Father Joe, enjoying the day off. And then coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, getting rid of that extra weight and keeping it off and doing it all safely. It's all about Dr. Bridget Chufo, wellness and weight loss. And then at 10 o'clock, Baird, it is your money. And you look back at the draft and the Pirates just continue to win. All still to come. Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show wraps it up between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. on KDKA. Good morning. All right, let's give away to the 10th caller at 412-922-1020 that $25 gift certificate to the wonderful world of Janoski's in Clinton on Route 30 where they're getting ready to open at 8 a.m. So again, 10th caller wins it, 412-922-1020. Doug continues to globetrot. He is on vacation again this week. He'll be back with us next week. But Denise Schreiber is here manning the show and doing a great job. Lots of folks want to talk to her. This is know-it-all. So let's get right back to the phones. And the next stop is uh, Nancy and she is in New Kensington. You're on KDK. Hey, Nance. Hey, thank you for taking my call. I love the program. My question is about a uh, hydrangea plant. I have two of them in my yard, and they were about 13 years old. Well, they died during that sna- that cold snap that yep. we had. And how can I? I mean, how can I take care of them now? I don't think. It's totally dead because I see new growth coming up through the soil. But I have all these long spindly uh, sticks coming up through. Should I cut them all down? Well, what what? I would do first is, you know, take a pair of pruners and just cut one of the shorter ones of the sticks and see if there's any green or if it's soft. If it's totally dead, it would snap off. You know, but if you've got new growth, you know, what the have. You're not the only one. Trust me. I looked out last night. I have a large viburnum, and, oh, maybe there's a quarter of it that's alive and blooming. The rest of it looks dead as a doornail. You know, those four really bitterly cold days that we had, in de- 
December around Christmas really did a lot of damage. My roses took a hit. So, right. you know, you know, just let your new growth come up, you know, but those those are the things that, you know, it happens and there's nothing we can do about it. In the future, if you want, you once they start growing, you could wrap them uh I would say probably by the end of November, wrap them with burlap and just use twine to secure it. And, you know, that should help. You know, hydrangeas aren't evergreen, so that's not a problem. But if you wrap them, you know, it might give them a little bit more protection. And, of course, always make sure you mulch them. Actually, they're kind of like azaleas and rhododendrons. If you have some pine boughs, you could actually lay them around it. Uh, at the base, and that'll help mulch the soil around okay. them, too. All right. You're Should not I the give only it plant one. food? Pardon me? Should I give it plant food? No, just, you know, let it no. see. There okay. is, you know, you can give them holly tone, actually, uh, oh, which okay. hydrangeas like, and you can follow the directions. So you could probably apply that now. You know, because it's a slow release, you don't want anything that's going to give you a flush of green growth right away. So, you know, you can get a bag of Hollytone at our, our garden centers and mm-hmm. apply that. And okay. that, that should uh, actually work for most of the season for you. Okay. Yeah, I'm devastated because they were two beautiful plants. One was pink and one was purple. Yeah. So oh, I I, I, I won't see that this year, right? That little growth will never come up and bloom right away. It kind of depends. You might. Yeah, okay. It might not be as full as it usually is, but you know, okay. it'll be there. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Good luck. All right, let's keep it going. Let's go to Cindy and Allison Park for Mrs. Know-It-All in today for Doug Oster on a busy organic gardener show. Doug back with us next week. Hey, good morning, Cindy. Welcome to KDKA. Good morning, Denise, and thank you for taking my call. I want to know if you could recommend. I have a perennial flower bed. It's full sun, so I'm looking for a deer resistant, and I know that's a loose term, um, that doesn't get more than like a foot. Like maybe I'm looking for something short. Okay. Anything come to mind? Uh, actually, Napata, uh comes to mind. Catmint, that usually works pretty well to keep the deer away, and, you know, you get some blooms. Any of the salvias, um, the perennial salvias would work, and they go in various heights, so you would kind of have to look as to which one. But salvias are pretty deer resistant. You know, I, you know, people put out all these books about deer resistant plants. It's like, you know what? That's great, but they usually live in another part of the country than we do. You know, when we consider deer pretty much pets around here, uh, you know. So, uh, you know, there are some things that are deer resistant, but. You know, when I was working for the county, what the deer wouldn't eat in South Park if they just nibbled to the ground in North Park. So it, there's nothing that's really deer resistant. I've even seen them eat silk plants. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Well, I know I saw, I saw on one website that they said daylilies were deer resistant. Well, I'm like, no, I'm not here. <laughs> no, no. In fact, uh, there's a, um, her name's Ellen Wells, and she works for Ball uh, Publishing. And she was telling me that, you know, lilies, the true lilies are deer resistant. And it's like, 
Oh, no, they are not at all. I sprayed them. My girlfriend even had them sprayed, and a deer came along, pulled it out of the ground, and then spit it out because oh, of no. the, Yeah, but I took care of the lily for the year. You know, that, yeah. that's it. So, yeah, don't, don't believe what you read. Right. Thank you so much for taking my call. Have a good one. All right, we, we go from Cindy to Virginia. Virginia, you're on KDK with Mrs. Know-It-All on the Organic Gardener. Good morning. Good morning, Mrs. Know-It-All. So nice to talk to you, and um, you're so knowledgeable, and I appreciate that. And, and so Virginia is my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? Yes. Well, how about that? I knew we had some connection. Yes. So, <laughs> um, the, I'm calling because uh, my husband passed recently. Uh, we and I was given a beautiful peace lily. It's a three in a three by four pot, and it's flourishing beautifully. And I can I keep it in that pot, or do I have to transplant it? Uh, when you say three by four, I'm going to go with three inches by four inches. Correct. Right. Okay. And so sorry for your loss. And that's why we get peace lilies. They're very a comforting plant. So as it grows, you're probably going to need if. Uh, to put it in a slightly larger pot. So I always recommend going at least an inch or two bigger than what it is in, you know, when before you transplant it. And, you know, peace lilies do not have to be in full sun. Indirect light is fine with them. And, you know, just, you know, when the flower is done, just cut it off. It'll keep producing flowers. This is one of the easiest houseplants to care for is a peace lily. Um, and if you forget to water it completely, because I've had people do that, just water it. And you can almost literally watch it rise from the dead. I call it the Lazarus plant because it'll within an hour, it'll be straight up again. So, um, you know, it, it's easy. It's easy to transplant. You know, there's really not a lot of insect or disease problems with them. So, yeah, go ahead and transplant it. Always, you know, transplant between March and the end of September, and that's also when you do your fertilizing with them as well. Okay, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. All right, we've got one more segment uh, with Mrs. Know-It-All in today. This is her second consecutive week while Doug is on vacation. He'll be back raring to go a week from today, which is May the 7th. But for the next segment, it's Mrs. Know-It-All. So if you have a question, 866-391-1020. And then Frank Dentisi and I, while Father Joe's enjoying the day off, we are going to get ready to celebrate Cinco de Mayo with great Mexican food coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Short break, back with more. And Mrs. Know-It-All on The Organic Gardener on KDKA. Good morning. All right, Mrs. Know-It-All, one more segment, and she's got a couple of things she wants to uh, talk about. Then we're going to get right back to these busy phones on KDK. Mrs. Know-It-All, go ahead. Hey, so last week we were talking about uh, getting soil test kits from Penn State. So you can also get them. I got a call from Randy Sorgel. They also carry them at their garden center. So if you don't want to download them, this way you can actually just go there and pay for it at Sorgel's. The other thing is May 6th, you know, I'm not a big fan of Cinco de Mayo. It's great, but I'm not a tequila fan. But May 6th is World Naked Gardening Day. So if it's warm enough, you could go out and kind of hide behind a bush and get a picture taken of yourself. (laughs) 
All right, sounds good. And you just have to do tequila in moderation. It's all good. All right, let's say hi now to um, Peggy. Peggy, you are on KDKA. How you doing, Peggy? Good, good. Thanks for taking my call. I am. I know nothing about gardening. I don't do it at all. And I live uh, right next to acres of woods, and anything we tried to do in the yard failed because of the deer. But I last last summer, my brother-in-law gave me some tomato plants, and I did them on a higher deck, and I did them in pots, and they did really well. Uh-huh. I was wondering, if I put them in again, do I need to replace the soil in the pots? Should I put all new soil because they were in pots and maybe took the nutrients out, or can I use the soil a second year? I always replace the soil when I'm going to grow something like that. Actually, what I do is I take that soil and I spread it out in my vegetable garden. Now, you're not doing it, but you may have an area where, you know, it's a little low and you can put the soil in there. And I would definitely replace it with, you know, soil in your containers. And I'm really glad that they worked out for you on your deck. You know, the thing about growing on a, in a container on a deck is you have to make sure that you water them. Also, you have the appropriate tomato. You don't want a huge tomato. You want one that's controllable. So some of the smaller tomatoes like celebrities you know, work out really well, or the cherry tomatoes. That's, that's, which, what, that's what they were, mostly cherry tomatoes, and they did great. And it's great. You can go out and it's like, mm, I'm kind of hungry. Let me just grab a few tomatoes, and you pop them in your mouth like candy. Yes, it, it was it was wonderful, and I had never done it before, but he had extra plants that he started, and he gave them to me, and I just didn't know what to do this year because he promised me some this year again. Well, there you go. Free, okay, free thank you. And something to eat. All right, let's say Thank hi. you very much. All right, you have a good day, Peggy. Let's go to Carol Mon Valley. He wants to talk plants with Mrs. Know-It-All on the Organic Gardener, KDK. Good morning, Carol. Hi, hey. how are you? Hi, Carol. Um, I love you, Mrs. Know-It-All. You are fabulous. We need thank more you. of you. We need more of you on the program. We never, I never get enough of you. Now, my question is kind of simple and kind of silly. My friend planted sweet peas, and I planted sweet peas. Her sweet peas uh, came up, and they never bloomed. Mine come up about three inches and died. So <laughs> what are we doing wrong, or is there a catalog or a place we can buy seeds from the real old ones that grow no matter what? They grew in um, clay, and they grew. Yeah. So Renee's Garden, um, it's an online catalog. She sells the old-fashioned sweet peas, and there's a a huge variety of them. I think she has like 10 or 12 types that you can choose from. So, you know, you can go there for them. So it's Renee's Garden. And as far as them growing, so one, you know, it was still a really wet, Spring early on when you're supposed to plant the sweet peas. And two, you know, we had, if it was still too cold, they're not going to germinate. You know, I talked about getting an, an instant read thermometer so you can, you know, find out the soil temperature. The other thing is, too, she might have had them planted too deep, and that's why they didn't bloom. But, you know, don't ever go by, oh, plant, I don't plant peas at St. Patrick's Day. It's simply too cold. And, you know, wait, you know, until the end of March or maybe even the beginning of April before planting them. 
and you should get some blooms then. But that's where you can get the old-fashioned ones. Okay, and I have another question, too. Are there any no-nonsense perennials that you don't have to do anything with? That well, are you know. Put them in there and let them go? Well, you can plant them. you still got to go in and deadhead them. Um, the other color we talked about was the nepeta, the cat mint, and the salvias. Mm. You know, pretty much they bloom, and then you can, you know, cut them off. Penstemon is another one that if you cut off the spent blooms, you should get another flush of blooms. So while it's not absolutely no maintenance, it's pretty much really low maintenance. So those should, you know, work for you. Um, you know, I, I like them because they've got some fragrance and you can go with them. The other thing is lavender. If you've got a really dry area, you know, you plant lavender. Mine is growing on top of a retaining wall with about an inch or so of soil and the rest is gravel for the wall. And I water them a couple times to get them established. They bloom. I cut off the spent blooms when they're done and when the bees are done. And then I usually get a second uh, flush of blooms in the fall. Nice. Love it. Okay, Carol, we're out of time. Mrs. Know-it-all, what a joy. Have a great week. We appreciate you, okay? Okay, have a good one. All right, there she goes. Mrs. Know-it-all did a great job for Doug, who's been on vacation for the last couple of weeks. He'll be back with you one week from today, May 7th, hosting the show that is The Organic Gardener. Next hour, it's all about Cinco de Mayo. We love Cinco de Mayo. A little tequila, some tacos, and a big celebration, big party just days away. So we're talking Mexican food with Frank Dentisi on the Coons Cooking Hour on KDKA. Good morning. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.